Welcome to the It's Not That Deep podcast. I'm your host Deepak Sharma and this is a podcast on personal mastery. My mission is to make the best out of the one life that I have by realizing my potential. That's why I have conversations with high performers from all walks of life to level up my health, wealth and happiness. Thanks for joining me on this journey. This week I chat again with my brother Jamie Lee. Jamie is a world traveler, adventure TikToker, videographer, and since our last podcast episode together, has also become my business partner, roommate, and one of my closest friends. On this podcast, we catch up on what an insane journey it's been in the past year. We dive into some of the lessons we've learned by meshing our skill sets together and some of the ins and outs of the platforms that we're building together. See, if you're not aware, Jamie and I co-founded one of the sponsors of this show, Deep Social Brands, a personal branding agency aimed at blowing up pro athletes, micro-influencers, and brands on social media without spending a dime on ads. How do we do this? Well, we leverage organic growth apps like TikTok and LinkedIn, Instagram Reels, leaving our clients with millions of views that translate into business value. Head over to www.deepsocialbrands.com to see some of our results. Now, I guarantee you guys are in for a treat with this episode, but right before that, a quick word from some of the other show sponsors. This podcast is also sponsored by Deep Drip Coffee. Now, this is a personal passion project of mine as I've always wanted to have a physical product that can help me connect with other creators and outstanding people. And what better product to do that than with coffee, where so many incredible conversations begin. Deep Drip is some of the best coffee you'll ever try, and I'm not just saying that. You gotta try it for yourself at www.deepdrip.co and use the code word DEEP10 for 10% off any bag. Finally, I'm happy to announce a new sponsor to the It's Not That Deep podcast, Brain FM. Brain FM is an app that curates functional music scientifically proven to help you focus better, sleep better, meditate, and get in the zone. Look, I don't normally take on sponsors that are not my own products or services, but Brain FM is a rare exception because of the fact that I genuinely use this app every single day. If you're looking to unlock a better version of yourself, head over to brain.fm slash deep20 or just use my coupon code deep20 to save 20% off your subscription. Enjoy this episode and just remember, it's not that deep. Jamie Lee, welcome back to the It's Not That Deep podcast, brother. Man, what a year it's been. It has been a crazy year, man. I can't believe it. I can't believe how much has transpired. We're obviously going to unpack some of that, man. Uh, What a journey it has been. But dude, welcome back. Man, I'm stoked uh, stoked to be here in the house that I live in. <laughs> yeah, <seriously. laughs> you know, the, uh, the studio, I can't even say I helped with this studio. I meant, <laughs> like the studio I watched you build. Um, But man, like... The, our last podcast episode was our first like face-to-face conversation yep and there's been many many more since then absolutely man and so it's I'm been, fired up it's been crazy man just to give people a little bit of backstory of how we know each other if this is the first podcast you're listening to obviously go back and listen to the first one we had together because i was actually listening to that one today just to like re- get a little refresher mm-hmm. like what did we talk about then and then what are we what are we saying now mm-hmm. right and it's crazy how much foreshadowing there was 
with everything that we're about to do together in that episode right mm. but to give people a little bit of background jamie is a, a videographer a tiktok expert a branding strategist i mean i could just go on with a bunch of different like names and stuff but you know on a personal note he's also my uh really good friend my roommate and also business partner so Earlier in 2021, uh, probably more so late 2020, we started an agency together called Deep Social Brands. Why don't you tell people a little bit about DSB? Yeah, so DSB, uh, long-term vision is uh, personal branding for pro athletes. Right now, we're just focusing on personal branding, uh, you know, ways to separate people and brands um, through social media that really kind of just put extra attention on their ideas and and elevate them in in different ways particularly focusing on TikTok. Yeah. Um but man it's been it's been a fun ride. We've had a big product launch with our second one coming up soon. Yep. Uh we've had been working with some fantastic clients, had some involvement with the uh the NHL draft which was kind of cool, a yep. little, little dream of mine. Yep. Uh having any association with like the National Hockey League and being able to work with uh, players and prospects pretty regularly is awesome. Um, you know, getting to work with the one and only Tony G uh, is always a fun ride. Yep. Uh, and, and you know, everyone else, Adam, Hayden, and Anna, everybody else in between. It's been, uh, it's been awesome. It has been amazing, man. And just, you know, to give people a little bit of context, you know, when, when I first um, came across your profile on LinkedIn, it said something like creative engineer or I don't even know. Video what it, content engineer. Video content engineer. And like, you know, truth be told, I, I that was back in the days when I was trying to like connect with a bunch of cool people on LinkedIn and also try to like grow my own business. Mm. You know, I was doing... How, you know, as people, listeners of the show know, like I was really into the podcasting space. I wanted clients for this podcast business. But with you, I don't think I ever really slid in to particularly sell, but I really did want to connect with you. You seemed like you had some cool stuff going on. Sent you a voice note, which we played mm-hmm. a couple a couple of weeks ago, which was hilarious to, to go back and listen to. But we connected on a phone call that lasted almost an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And we were just chatting vibing talking about travel talking about you know the different things that we want out of life freedom like we got pretty deep in our first call it was that deep man it it was that deep man so it was pretty cool that we went from that to like you know what i'm gonna have you on my podcast few months go by all of a sudden you blow up on tiktok which i you know mm. i did not know that you, that was gonna happen when i hit I you didn't up. either man like <laughs> <laughs> seriously <laughs> but yeah then the next thing you know you, you got over thirty thousand followers on tiktok and we do this podcast episode together that was released in september of 2020 so here we are when we're recording this now september 2021 it has been a crazy year since uh but it's just it's just incredible, man, like the power, uh, you know, the how easy it is these days to just create those mm. kinds of connections and just genuinely reach out to someone and how much that person can impact your life. Man, like a LinkedIn DM. Everyone talks about the IG DMs, like that's the play, that's the move. Yeah. Man, LinkedIn, underrated. <laughs> underrated Absolutely platform. underrated uh, DM platform because it's led to... Uh, a business partnership, a brotherhood, and it's been it's been fun, man. 
living here has been great yep seeing the studio come together has been fantastic yep getting some workouts in in the gym <laughs> right next door has been awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah you know like having some friends out and meeting some new people in this house has been a joy a pleasure you know i'm glad to just be a part of that it's crazy man because when you first met me um in person you came to what you coined as the Sharma Palace, mm -hmm. which, you know, to my local Ottawa people know is kind of a play on Shwarma Palace, which which is a, which is a very popular Shwarma restaurant uh, chain here. But basically, Jamie came into that apartment, this tiny little studio apartment that I had, and he had one of the craziest reactions ever to this spot. And mind you, this spot was so tiny, but I made it work. Like, I really did. I maximized that space, mm -hmm. had the podcast studio in there you know the previous studio before this one and uh you know a lots a lot's happened since then i moved out of there uh i i went to colombia for almost three months mm -hmm. uh we've put out we built and put out a digital product we've grown our agency to a pretty cool uh, point you know we're working with a lot of people now we're doing with some pretty interesting stuff i bought a house mm -hmm. i turned the basement into a gym and also studio here which we're sitting in and um Things are looking really good, man. We've got a very interesting future ahead, but just taking a step back and just like, whoa, what a ride. Yeah, I think <laughs> for me, one of the coolest things is, and it's not just this past year, but I think COVID really opened my eyes for it. It's like the impact that one year can have. Absolutely. Like 365 days, quite literally can and will change and alter the complete direction of your life. Yep. Which I was not expecting. Like, I was not expecting to have a business partner. I was not expecting to even, like, work with you in any capacity when we first started, Me like, either. you know, like, hanging out and stuff. We had our podcast episode. I remember a couple of weeks after, you're like, you te you sent me a text or you called me or something. You're like, bro, like, I just really liked your energy. Like, let's go out for a drink. And I was like, okay, cool. We went out, hung out, went to, uh, I can't even remember. Clock Tower in Clock Westboro. Tower, yeah. 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 So, we went there, had a nice little night, good time. Still didn't think a whole lot of it. And then uh, eventually, uh, you know, like in November, you're like, bro, like, would you be interested in like joining me on this like Tony project and yeah. stuff and like helping with some videos? And at the time I was kind of just working at the keg. Yeah, um, that was it. So I was like, yeah, like, let's do it. Yeah. And uh, Russ has been just craziness, man. <laughs> craziness, like the busiest, uh, busiest several months of my life. Yeah working on edits every single day but mm -hmm. i wouldn't i wouldn't ask for anything different it's been a such a blast it's crazy going back and listening to our first episode together when you were kind of talking about um you know the importance of of travel and kind of what some of the next things you wanted to do were you were pretty dead set on going to banff at that point mm -hmm. and, and you're pretty down to you know like set up like this next stage of travel right and that kind of speaks to something that i want to talk about a little bit later in this podcast dive into a little bit more but kind of the sacrifices and the pivots that you make to grow something together right mm. it's not it's not the prettiest thing mm -hmm. on the outside looking in you might see oh hype they're working with this person or they're doing this shoot or you know they're working on this 
cool project or what have you, right? But you know, there's there's certainly a lot of you know sacrifices that we both had to make as well. You know, on my end too, I was completely diving into the whole podcast space, and that was my like identity as a business person was, mm. you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell a podcast course, I'm gonna be a podcast coach, I'm gonna mm-hmm. have podcast clients, and all of that kind of pivoted when we were able to kind of join forces and decide no, like. We could build something way bigger and better together mm-hmm. with our complementary skill sets, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I've always known that I I am useless with the camera. Mm. Can I edit a podcast or a couple of videos here and there? Sure, I can't edit. I'm I'm not. Yeah. I don't have the patience or the will to edit. But going back to what I was kind of saying before, when I was listening to our previous podcast, is like you've always had this insane hustle DNA in you, and I don't say it in a Gary V hustle whatever uh, mm. sense. I mean, and like when you wanted to travel, which was your main mission back then, the only mm. one, and still is, but the only mission back then was to travel. You worked three jobs. You you made sure that you, uh, you know, when you before you went to your Asia trip, you were doing car detailing, putting in insane hours. I think it was fifty four days in a row without a day off, right? Yeah. You know, you you were doing some insane things, and that. I see that now with my own eyes, that work ethic, how that's carried over into, you know, Jamie 2.0 here with, with, with deep social brands, what we're building. I see the late night editing. I, I see you getting up at, you know, 7 a.m. to go to shoots. I see you going to bed at, you know, late night just to finish a TikTok post and, and this kind of stuff. So isn't it, do you find that those experiences shape like did directly shape that kind of hustle ethic or is there some other reason for it a hundred percent you know like uh like 2018 like my entire life was centered around that trip it was like that was and to this day like in terms of travel there's never been a trip or like an experience i've wanted more in my life you know like there's never been something where i was like i i need like and there's a difference between a need and a want and yep. I needed that to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I I made sure that like no matter what I was going to make it come true, you know? And so I think uh that was one of my first experiences where I uh I set myself up with like no no other options but to make it work. So like in January I bought my flights, got a really good deal, 760 bucks round trip Bangkok. You're never going to hear something like that. Yeah. I like I like saying that just to flex cuz yeah. it's like I got a good deal, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, 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 seriously. <laughs> and then uh, but then after that like I was still in university when I bought the the flights and stuff. So April rolls around, I'm only working like that minimum wage extreme trampoline job <laughs> and what ends up happening is like I realize, "Oh crap, I got like $200 in my bank account cuz I've been buying camera gear and stuff yeah. and drones and different things." I was like, I don't have a whole lot saved up and I need 5,000 bucks to make this work. And I leave in like eight or nine weeks yeah. and I got to make that, I got to make something happen and I'm only working part-time minimum wage. So I just said, why can't I just like take on as much as I possibly can? Because I need it. Not because I want it. I need it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just went all in on the uh, start, the car detailing side hustle, 
putting up ads on Kijiji for landscaping and yard work. I like, can't picture this guy doing landscaping. Uh, now, now f- from the Jamie I know now, <laughs> barely operate a coffee machine. <laughs> Watching this guy with heavy machinery. Oh, it wasn't heavy machine. It was like, <laughs> I shouldn't even call it landscaping. Literally like, one of the days me and my buddy Gavin got paid for a couple of days of work yeah. to like go in this like random backyard that was just like gross Messed and disgusting. Up, yeah. <laughs> and like we just had to like take apart their shed okay. and then like clean up the whole thing and like get rid of all the weeds and like right. just like very low skill labor. Just, but just, just work. It just had to get done, right? Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. we did that. I probably had like six or seven like uh, different like yard gigs. Um, but still it helped get you towards that $5,000. Yeah. I crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. I made it work, Yeah, you know? And a lot of that too was like, I didn't spend a whole lot of money Yeah, because every time like I'd be like, well, if I know that hostels are like eight bucks a night, then like, man, a McDonald's trip could cost me like two nights. Yeah. It really could. <laughs> it really could. You know? Man. And I was like, and so the opportunity cost just became so clear especially because I didn't have a choice, mm-hmm. right? Like the flight was booked. Right. It was done. Like I was heading out. And so it was like, am I heading out there with enough money or not was the question. And so I just uh, kind of put my head down. But going back to your original question, like I wasn't like that always, you know, like that was probably my first experience where like that intense drive and work ethic really kind of came out. And it wasn't until like after 2016 that I started like developing that hustle you know, after some like life experiences, losing my buddy, yeah. really just put things into perspective, Yeah, you know, where it was like, holy crap, like, and I've explained this to you, like mortality motivation. Mm. If you get that at a young age, it's killer. Yeah. Like you're, you're, it's dangerous, man. Like even yeah. probably the pe- podcast right before me, Peacock, Yeah. right? Him and I have talked about it the same when you are young yeah. and you get smacked with like how fragile life is. Yeah. Like you get faced with like death in some way, like, oh man, you are, you are in a position where like, if you can leverage that, you feel unstoppable, right? Because it's like everything in your life is so much put into perspective because you realize how one unimportant most things are, Yeah, you know, most problems and most like things. They're quite insignificant when you zoom out. Yeah, exactly. Just, just take a little bit of a zoom out and you compare it to like, you know, that, that harsh reality that you face and it's like. Yeah, like those little things like really, really don't matter. And then around that time, I just made the commitment to um, like after he passed, I was like, I'm going to one, be as empathetic as I humanly possibly can, you know, because I can't judge anybody's circumstances because I don't know what's going on in their head, even if I think I do. Yeah. Uh, Two, I'm just going to do everything I have in my power to make whatever I want to happen to happen. Right and just make it a reality yeah just make it like and that just became like foolishly ambitious mm-hmm. like if i had an idea to travel to every country in the world i'll, I'll put efforts into that yeah still something i want to do don't yep. know how it's going to work with the whole situations of the past little bit um and then on top of that it was just like why wouldn't i want to live a life that is you know like for me it was just live by life by design mm. architecture I love that. You know, become an architect of my reality as opposed to, you know, somebody that just like falls through and figures life out accidentally. I I wanted to like actually come up with concepts, ideas and make them happen. I love that. And And I see it happen, man. And, you know, coming back to your point there, you know, people talk about, you know, people, I hear it so often where people are talking about like, oh, you have time. 
Do oh, you? Oh, oh, you're young. Yeah. It's like, are well, you? Like, yeah, you, you could argue that we have time, but at the same time, you kind of don't have any time. You might not. You might not. It's not promised. Yeah. So why would you not kind of try to realize your potential in the best way you can? And that's something that, you know, I've always been very passionate about. And that's one of the reasons why we kind of gel and connect so well. Is like those messages are so kind of parallel to mm -hmm. each other, right? Like create high quality memories i think you're always trying to improve the quality of your memories right mm -hmm. you know and and but that doesn't necessarily mean that like it's gonna be sexy or beautiful all the no. time or you're gonna be on this jet setting travel this that and the other thing like you know we've talked about this like in great lengths but i, I think it's i think it's such an important message that gets kind of slept on that people don't realize is that like you actually kind of don't have time, man. Like, it's now. It's now. Yeah. Like, what are you doing now? And how are you, like, you know, like, I've done a lot of identity work in the last couple of years, right? And, like, one of the big things that, like, I tell anyone who I've talked to who's kind of, like, I don't want to say lost, but just, like, kind of not really having any direction, right? Is, like, A, pick a direction and start swimming. Yeah. Just pick a direction and go. Yeah. The feedback, that is life right there. The feedback from like, oh, I like this thing or I despise this thing. You with editing. Me with editing, right? Yeah. I tried it. I, I I watched every YouTube tutorial I could on mm -hmm. Final Cut Pro 10 and how to how to. That was your problem. <laughs> okay, okay, we gotta. We, wasn't on Adobe. We gotta we gotta <laughs> Adobe head over here. Okay, whatever. You you get what I mean though, right? Uh, but. You know, the bigger point is that like you gotta you gotta try and taste things, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not gonna happen for very few people does it happen that you got that all mapped out and figured out at like sixteen or eighteen when you gotta mm -hmm. make these life changing decisions to go to college or university, right? And we don't have to get into all that right now, mm -hmm. but you know, my bigger point is is now like I've known that for a while, right? And I think a lot of people know that go try, taste things, whatever. I think we all need a little bit of a reminder from time to time, but I think going one step further than that, it's exactly what you said, like kind of designing who you want to be, crafting mm -hmm. that ideal identity. And an exercise that really helped me do that is picturing your ideal day. Mm. And you and I have actually done this exercise before and have scary similar answers on what we want out of like our ideal day. I mm. mean, like picture the best day that you could possibly have. Mm. Take out a pen and paper and write it down in excruciating detail what that day looks like, what the weather's like, how the how the waves sound, you know, everything, like what your workout routine looks like if you if that's what you do in your ideal day, whatever that is for you, right? And then zoom out, take a little bit of a step back, see, okay, what do I have to do to make that a reality? Okay, mm -hmm. well, you know what? I want this, 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 and this. Well, to be able to do that, I need this much money or I need to leave this job or I need to build this kind of business, blah, blah, blah. Then break it down into chunks, into steps. Okay, you know, it, I could actually achieve this in a year. Like it's actually possible for me to achieve this in a year. So what do I have to do every like six months? The next six months, what do I have to do? Then break that down to what do I have to do every month? Then break that down to the week, to the day. And now you you actually have a blueprint. And you have, you have that plan, you have a compass, you have a bit of a North Star, you have that 
okay, I know like every decision I make and don't make is kind of using that compass of like, does this help me get towards my ideal day Mm. or does this hinder me? And going back to you with the travel, I think a very interesting thing that you mentioned in our last podcast was like, you sacrificed your Fridays and Saturdays. Mm -hmm. You said, you know, I want this so badly that I don't need my weekends. Like I'm choosing not to go out and party. I'm choosing not to go and just hang out on a Friday night or just decompress after probably an understandingly long week, right? Mm. You chose to double up those days because you can make tips, you can make more money, you can, Mm. but you know, that comes back to the opportunity cost. But it, it wasn't really a decision for you, was it? Because it was just like, I already got, I already got this mission. I'm doing this thing. I'm going on this it trip. It was a need, not a want. It was a need, not a want. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about that a little bit, man. What are your, t- like, what's your take on this kind of like building your ideal reality a little bit more? No, I think uh, it's tricky for me to talk so much about that because I can't even say that I've built that for myself yet. I think I'm on my way. I think I'm doing the things that I I hope will lead to all those things, but I could be so wrong, you know, and you have to have the humility to understand that like all the decisions that you're making in service of those goals could just be wrong. Right. And you could just flop and you could just fail and you could just end up being taken down a completely different path and direction of life that you just didn't expect. Right. Um, But that was all necessary as part of your journey. Right. Mm -hmm. But with that said, Having experienced some of the incredible places that I have where I felt so me, like I will, and I've told, I've told all my friends this, when I travel in particular, some of the locations I've visited, um, I'm as Jamie as I get. Yeah. And, and the reason I say that is because like, I'm present. I can feel like, I just feel like myself. I feel like that's where I'm meant to be, Mm. you know? And when there's a disconnect from like, that feeling and like where you actually are you have a big problem right you know and so but i i think drills and exercises like this are incredibly important where you do start to visualize and envision what that looks like what that reality tastes like quite literally what it smells like what what it could be yeah and you reverse engineer and and i think that's the best way to get there and that's what i hope to discover with my life but again yeah i can't be the type of guy that's talking all about manifestation when I'm only 25 years old and there's a lot of manifesting I still got to do. Fair enough. But I think I'm, I'm well on my way to getting there. Yeah. Um, and from experience, the things that I found that have been most fulfilling came when I needed it, not when I wanted it. Absolutely. You know, when, when it's so much deeper than just saying like, Oh, I'd like to go to this little place. I'd like for this to happen. I'd like to, you know, watch this. When you get into that position where you're like, there's conviction behind what you say, mm-hmm. there is power in you saying, I am making this happen. This yep. is like, there isn't an if. or it, it's, it's when. It's when. Yeah. You know, that yeah. is when I think like you're in a really, really good position. I think what's even more important than just like visualizing and which what you're saying, I think it is essential, but it's like, it's cultivating desire. I think it's it's actually difficult to cultivate the amount of desire that it takes to achieve the things that you want because when you desire something more than like more than just like wanting it you know when you need that thing that experience like for me that was southeast asia and europe or like some of the paid or sponsored trips i went on 
um, even starting this agency when you need it. You're in a really, really damn good position to make something beautiful happen. Yeah. And everything that I've ever experienced in my life that I have fell in love with has come from that, cultivating a very intense desire. Interesting. And just making it work. Interesting. I, I'm not sure if I've ever thought about it that way in terms of desire. That's That's really interesting because I almost try to avoid desire. Interesting. I almost try to like... I recognize that it's there. I recognize that it's it's an important part, a driver. Mm. But I almost try to ignore it. Mm. I don't know why. I just think that like, if I let desire dictate everything, then I've succumbed to my hedonistic like, like kind of surface level desires, as opposed to the deep, intrinsic intuition that doesn't require any. I don't. It doesn't require any decision making on my part if that makes that's sense. interesting because i i actually completely agree because when i'm talking about this like i don't feel like i'm making these decisions yeah. i feel like i'm called to them yeah it just happens you know and so when i talk about cultivating desires i more so mean like putting yourself in a position where like a calling from your soul is like there yeah you know like that southeast asia trip man it's it's difficult for me to describe yeah. how much like it was like the universe was just saying go yeah like this is what like you need and yeah. it just like it, it's different i haven't had a whole lot of different things like that in my life yeah. and that's the most vivid example of yeah. that and i came out of it getting everything and more than what i was hoping for out oh, of it oh yeah you know oh, yeah. so it's it's interesting that you bring up that point because yeah. I, I think we're kind of like on we're a similar say, page we're, we're yeah. saying the same thing i i think just in a little bit of a different way and yeah. that, that describes our relationship very well <laughs> yeah. right i think there's no better way to kind of kind of put it uh, especially like you know being so close in terms of working together and in terms of like there are times when you know when it's straight business when like you know we'll look like it's not pretty folks <laughs> you know sometimes it gets to be pretty cutthroat and it can get pretty intense and like mm we're always able to kind of check our egos at the door when mm. that stuff happens. And I do think that, um, you know, kind of getting a little off course here from where we were talking about a second ago, but like, I think a lot of the times you and I are saying very much a very similar thing. It just kind of takes on a little bit of a different way of talking about it mm. because of our, we are different and that is a beautiful thing. And I mm. think that's also something that's important to talk about because in a in a society that's never been more divided and divisive, I think you and I do have this common superpower where we're able to bring people together, mm -hmm. right? Would you not agree? I totally agree. And, and I think that no matter our differences, no matter our complementary skill sets, or sometimes even our straight up just disagreements, like, like mm. we just disagree on something, right? Mm. We're always able to like go like chill and have a beer later or something, you know. It's never well, like maybe you have the beer. Ah, uh, the beer, you know. This I'll have my hydration formula. This guy's on some crazy <laughs> wave right now. I can't wait to go back and listen to this podcast because <laughs> just so people know, you know, because you know, our previous <laughs> guest. If you haven't heard uh, that one yet, go check it out. But uh, Brandon Peacock, one of Jamie's very close friends. Um, long story short, was shot three times, and um, his recovery has been absolutely remarkable. He he was supposed to have an amputated leg, like wasn't really supposed to be alive, but he's got one of the craziest mindsets ever. Go listen to that podcast now. Uh, but he started a foundation called Hit the Ground Running, 
and uh, pretty much it's it's to help people who've had uh, traumatic experiences recover and get back to being themselves and having the best lives that they possibly can have because the healthcare system just kind of doesn't cover all of that, right? But the big point that I'm making here is that within a year of this whole thing happening, Brandon and Jamie and a few other of the fellas are running a marathon, which is absolutely one of the craziest, like craziest things, especially for Brandon, but even for everyone who decides to run a marathon because 42 kilometers is no joke, and that's why I'm only running five. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. You have the uh, the torn Achilles, though, to, <laughs> to fight through. Even if there was no Achilles, bro, I would not be running more than five, max 10 kilometers. Man. Yeah, it's, it's just not necessary. I don't need to run that much. But more power to you. Yeah. But anyways, going back to it, uh, Jamie's been insufferable lately. Jamie and all the guys, <laughs> like, they just, I can't stand it. It's going, it's getting ridiculous they're like so dialed in and focused on this marathon which i gotta support and i do and i love it and i'm just joking right now but it is it is like they're not they're not drinking they're going to bed at like nine some of the boys are drinking yeah it's mostly me yeah like jamie is not drinking like you know everyone's like just kind of being like a buzzkill like you know leaving parties early like just being absolutely like dedicated to this thing which i respect but um yeah, overall, uh, coming back to the, the original point that I was saying there, we have differing points, uh, you know, differing opinions on things, but we're still able to kind of bring it back to base and always kind of be on the same page with stuff, right? Yeah, I think that's because we're macro similar, micro different. Yeah. You know, like even like some examples, okay? So both of us have recently turned to physical activity different physical activities to be like a mental outlet mine has been yoga yours has been muay thai (laughs) (laughs) you know the theme is this the macro theme is the same find something physical that can be like a mental release for you yes the the micro of like exactly what it is totally couldn't be more night and day so different (laughs) so different but they're both serving the same purpose in each other's lives right yeah you know and that's kind of like a good example of how me and deep differ on a lot of things like our macro vision in the grand scheme of things is very very similar but the little micro details might might not see eye to eye at all times exactly nor should it Exactly. I, don't I, I wouldn't be, want it to. I don't think we'd be good business partners if I was like, hey, man, like, can I come to yoga with you? It'd be like, dude, like, it's not you, but like, can I just, can I have this? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I don't step on your 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God, man. That's too funny, man, because, uh, yeah, kind of switching gears a little bit, like, you know, you and I kind of working on deep social brands together has been an absolute grind, but it's been kind of behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. We haven't really been too public or really talked about it much, but no. why don't we kind of dive into the business side of things a little bit? Because Ooh. I'm sure people are a little bit curious to like, what are these guys up to? So I'll kind of start and give like a little bit of a backstory from the business perspective of how we got together on this. Mm-hmm. So basically, as as we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast episode, basically Jamie and I were you know already buddies, already kind of did a couple one off projects together. I mean, we did that shoot with Ashley, mm. the Muscle Maven. Shout out to Ashley. Uh, but we we did a couple of little little projects here and there, and I was like, 
kind of like wanted to see Jamie's chops on the videography angle. I've seen his work. I already knew it was beautiful. I already liked his vibe. Um, and, and, you know, we were able to kind of work that out. But then I'm like, you know what? Um, kind of moving on from my previous videographer. And I'm looking for someone who can do this, this, and this. Jamie, I remember, looked at me dead in the eye while we were driving back from a hike one day and was like, dude, it's me. I'll do it. I'm like, really? You you would you would do it? Like I'm looking for this, this, and this in a person. He's like, dude, I'll do it for like don't don't even worry, like I got this. Yeah. And I was like, okay, uh yeah, let's give this a shot. And uh, you know, next thing you know, uh I introduced him to one of my longtime clients, Tony Greco. Shout out to Tony. And uh, yeah, I'll let you I'll let you take the baton from there. Yeah, so first shoot with TG, I was like, we gotta get this guy on TikTok, man. Like we just kind of made the account right there. And like I at that point, I had blown myself up on TikTok. Yeah. And I was like, OK, like I've put out so much content. I know exactly what to do. Yeah. I was like, I've I've like studied this thing. Yeah. That's how I was able to like blow up quick. Because like as soon as I found patterns that were working, I was like, mm, I'm going to do this again and again and again. Yeah. And then I was like, OK, like I bet you I could do that with this guy. It'll be so easy. Yeah, it was. Like first video got like fifty thousand views. Yeah. Second video got like a hundred thousand views. So like within and like mind you, Tony Greco, we're talking about a a fifty plus year old man. Yeah. Who has already built a super successful business mm-hmm. himself? He's already super well known in the city. Has trained some of the some famous people like Carrie Underwood, Claude Giroux, even Rihanna. Like a lot of people. Yeah. Tony's trained a lot of famous people, but he had he kind of had no not knew nothing about tiktok yeah his view on tiktok was one that many people share which is like this is 12 year olds dancing around yeah but you were like no like there's a there's opportunity here you you've got a pretty interesting niche to kind of uh, i don't want to use the word exploit but to to leverage you know, yeah. using this platform yeah and that's kind of what we did like we just got him to talk about like hockey exercises and growing up a hockey player and athlete myself. I was like, this is my element. I just need to tell this guy like, yo, like (laughs) what's something that's great for edge work. Yeah. And like his plethora of knowledge is like, Oh buddy, like I can do this, this and this. And I was like, (laughs) what the, and I, I remember like at first I was like, how does this guy like have like four dozen complex exercises for every like minor thing in this sport it's that breadth and depth of experience yeah right? he's been doing it for so long and it's just ingrained like he, like some of the exercises he's not even saying the correct a- anatomical like name for the movement or whatever mm-hmm. but he'll he's created his own he like legit has some of his own patented exercise yeah. and it's like so you can't replicate it no and I think that's actually something like, you know, we've kind of carried on with our company, with with all of our clients. It's like this person is world class at doing this one thing, mm. but no one else can do it the way this person can do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're just using a platform that just so happens to allow you to put gas on that fire. Mm-hmm. Right. And so kind of, yeah, kind of like uh, before we get too ahead of ourselves on that story there, I thought it was really interesting how so early on, Jamie and I were kind of able to know our complementary skills on on certain things. I would have never 
gone and just started making TikToks of Tony. Like the mm. TikTok, the content side of things is all you. Mm. But if I can speak freely, I mean, for Jamie, the 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 business and the and the client and the sales and all that side and the, all all the sides of the business that was not his forte mm. right mm -hmm. so like definitely not at the beginning yeah, yeah 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 and so that that's kind of where we were able to kind of marry our skill sets in terms of like okay well you know what like the this tiktok stuff i think there's something there and continuing to work with tony and you know blowing up his account i think he got over twenty thousand followers i think he's sitting at like 23, 23 right now 23k as we record this it it's which is actually quite insane for such a targeted and specific niche like mm. i will give ourselves a little pat on the back for that and mm. that like the content that we put out is getting insane amount of views highly engaged audience and has driven a lot of business results for something else that we then subsequently built with tony greco yeah the uh, pro hockey academy which was a very very long and tall task but we got it done you know now we're launching the uh the tg top shelf program which is a uh, a full like so the pro hockey academy is a 12-week off-ice training program for competitive hockey players to go from a to z and everywhere in between hopefully get to the pros yep um same training as like all these pro nhl athletes the in-season program that we're creating is called the tg top shelf program yep. uh which we just wrapped up shooting. We've got only a couple things left with it, and then it's launching in a couple weeks. So probably yeah. by the time this airs, it'll be out, which yep. is super cool to be part of our like second product launch. Yep. So on like the business side of stuff, it's been cool because my role is very much like make the TikTok content, and the yep. social media work that is going to get a lot of attention to funnel people in, yep. as well as like film and edit the product. Yep. And then your end in that side of things is put the entire back end together, the website, yep. the funnel, yep. the email marketing, mm -hmm. all that stuff. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, anyone who's ever listened to this podcast or knows anything about me, I am, I'm a high-functioning, lazy person. I am the laziest person ever. Uh, I, will, I will work as hard as humanly possible to not work and so initially when i started you know my my company deep digital media where i was initially working with tony greco um i realized that i can't build a website that well mm. i can't do a lot of different things on the back end but my superpower is kind of bringing the right people to the table and i think i've been able to do that with some success over this past year and a half two years of being in this business journey now uh but basically when it came to developing this whole funnel and stuff for tony it's something we've never done before right mm. i've certainly never built you know a, a complicated like multiple page website with all kinds of different you know you, you flow to the the sales page to the checkout page to then mm. hit this thank you page and then an automated email sequence that then gets you into i didn't know about any of that stuff so i learned enough to be competent that's always been my thing like i still want to know what i'm talking about i never go into something completely blind because i think that opens yourself up for being taken advantage of or mm. being oversold on something or you should always know a little bit about what you're uh, what you're trying to get done, but 
I I straight up did not know how to build a website. So mm-hmm. I found someone who did. And I found someone who was able to help with the emails. And I was able to kind of put together the right team to help with, you know, the copywriting, the, you know, the flow of the website, like every single part of this funnel that had to be put together to put it out, you know, building all the right offers, all the sales pages, all the PDF documents, all the graphics, all the logos, all the, the right font, the the right edge of the buy now button like there's a lot that goes into a funnel right so my role was not not so much actually building every part of it myself but finding the right people who can and making sure that everything's done correctly and that we have a really successful live launch which we did And so I'm I'm proud of that. And I, I think we deserve a little bit of a pat on the back for that because within the first six weeks, we were, we were able to do five figures in sales. Mm. And that's US dollars. So mm. I'm really proud of that. I'm really happy about that. And, and the TG Pro Hockey Academy has been growing. And I'm just really happy that our first product, you know, we were able to see success with that. And now mm. we're on to our second. And, you know, it's something that, you know, we're also helping a few other clients build. But since... Uh, since then we have kind of pivoted a little bit more to the content side and the mm-hmm. personal branding side and i'll let you get into that a little bit more yeah so like uh probably a good example is our boy nate nate bahar of the cfl red blacks who's also a uh, ceo of firework and so uh basically what we're focused on right now a lot of it is personal branding for pro athletes yep basically taking an athlete's story and and telling it on social media showing behind the scenes uh, showing exactly the type of stuff that, you know, social media t- doesn't always get to see, you know, whether that's like behind the scenes opinions, behind the scenes of like, um, what it's like in the locker room, yeah, what, what it's, it's like, like going on an away game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everything. Right. And, uh, that's, that's been a, a total blast, you know? And so, and talk about an underutilized way of growing your brand, right? Mm-hmm. With athletes, it's like, if I'm, if I'm an athlete, like typically I'm, I'm not thinking about marketing or branding all the time, right? It's mm. like, I'll let my agent deal with that while I want to go play my sport. Mm. Well, that's changing, mm. right? And, and you know, the opportunity in... Especially with the NIL deals that are like going on at the moment in yeah. college sports where like for the first time ever, you're getting college level athletes, NCAA D1, basketball, football, hockey, all types of athletes. Um, players being able to market themselves with their own name and be paid for that on social media deals, on autographs, on jerseys, everything. So now there's like a huge opportunity for them to kind of diversify themselves outside of their sport. Exactly. You're not, you're more than an athlete, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're selling out these arenas. You might as well be able to get a little bit of a piece of the pie. And and it it is your name, image, and likeness. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm all for it. I, I love it, obviously, now that that's opening up. It'd be cool to see kind of an equivalent thing happen uh, here up north but uh it, it, you know I'm, I'm very excited for the opportunity of like the athlete marketing space i think you and i have made a very athlete branding athlete marketing branding all of it right yeah. but I, I do think that it's something that it's it is heavily underutilized still uh i think people are just kind of waking up to it and figuring out that hey like you know what I can create a TikTok and just pull out my phone or mm. have, you know, hire a videographer or hire deep social brands. <laughs> and, and you, you know, you could work, you can put out content that shows your personality a little bit more. Yeah. That's what people want on social media. Why are influencers, you know, traditional influencers, why do they do so well? Well, 
people get to see kind of the behind the scenes what products you use what your day in the life is you know you know how how you how you interact with your friends where you guys mm. go to eat like everything right you get to peek into like people's lives well who have we been doing that with since the beginning of time as athletes right mm-hmm. now it's just the the vehicles changing a little bit right and it's just it stuns me that so many athletes are not even using a, a platform like tiktok or linkedin or even instagram yeah, you're seeing a few NFL players on TikTok, which is cool. I believe Juju's on it. Juju. Yeah, and there's yeah. a few others. Like, I'm not as tuned into the NFL as what you are and yeah. stuff, so I can't even remember half their names. <laughs> but, like, there's a, across other leagues and sports, it's really, really kind of underutilized. And Well, talk about the NHL, right? I mean, this is – you're a lot more of a hockey guy than I am, yeah. but, like, we could probably count on our, our hands how many – nhl players are dominating on tiktok none none like matthew joseph had a couple couple good videos there that's pretty much it and he's kind of just a role player for the tampa bay lightning so and he doesn't even post very often And, and that's the thing it's like you got this you got this platform with so much growth potential so much um you know opportunity to uh create brand deals and partnerships and you know like our like our boy nate says create dream partnerships shout mm. out to nate and firework the app that connects these people with a lot of brand deals right mm. but i think what's really interesting is that in this space of athlete branding athlete marketing you know athlete influencers that kind of thing i i just how how would you think that that culture kind of changes a little bit more to like it's not just I'm not just here to play a sport. It's like no, like I could tear my ACL tomorrow, and like I need some other way to support myself. I think a lot of it just starts from like younger players. You know, like a lot of it is young players and young people in general are just more in tune with social media, right? They grew up with it. It's a natural integration and part of their lives. And so, young athletes that are you know like 15, 16, 17, 22. Um, these are the types of guys and girls as well, um, that are, they grew up as natives within these apps, right? Like you don't need to explain Instagram to them. You don't need to explain TikTok to most of them. You don't need to explain Twitter or Snapchat and kind of the opportunities that are presented to them, right? You don't need to explain influencer marketing to these guys because they, they live it. They experience it every single day. They follow these people, even if they're not athletes. Right. One of the things that I've, I've always personally found interesting is that influence like your traditional influencer, like a YouTuber or an Instagram model or something, um, they aren't really put on a pedestal until after they've like gained a significant following. Hmm. Athletes are the opposite. Right. They're put on a pedestal just by being good at what they do. Hmm. And so, so it's more of a meritocracy. Exactly. Yeah. And so but the thing is, is like these influencers and in, you know, whether it's a YouTuber or whatever. It takes them years to kind of build that platform. Yeah. And then they get put on a pedestal because people understand who they are and what they're about, right? right. But with an athlete, it's kind of the opposite. They're already there at the top. Mm. They're already viewed in a high regard by most people. Okay. Nobody gets what their inside life is like. Uh, yeah. And to true. me, I've always thought like, huh, like, isn't like, what if you combined both? You know, like people already look up to every single NFL player 
yeah. like out there, especially if you played football growing up. People yeah. look up to everybody in the NBA, yeah. even the role players, the guys that sit on the bench. Like yeah. that's a that's a damn cool thing. Yeah. There's so much respect in that just by being like a pro athlete at what you do. Yeah. And that's without knowing a single piece of information about what this person is actually like. Yeah. You know, so if you combine like the natural respect and kind of brand that is already there just by association of being an athlete yep. and being a pro at certain levels, and then just add like a little combination of like, yeah, but this is what I'm really like. Yeah. And this is what things are really like. Interesting. I've always thought that would be so cool because as a sports fan myself, that's kind of content we never really had access to. No, it's not. And we're kind of, I mean, we're still in the early stages, but we're doing it. And it's really cool to see the positive feedback from a lot of people on these apps and, you know, the engagement yeah. th that you're able to have. You know, you don't have to wait for this athlete to put out a book after they retire and go do a book signing to meet this mm -hmm. guy. It's like, no, like I could comment on this guy or, or a girl's TikTok and they could see that comment if it if it's worth responding to, if it's not just a troll dumb thing. But they, they could see it and respond to it with a video, a personalized mm. video. And I, I that's a trend that I see happening more and more, especially when you see like platforms like cameo.com where you, you see athletes like legitimately like athletes and celebrities and people signing up for, you know, just you pay Snoop Dogg a thousand bucks and you could get him to give you a personalized shout out. Like, yeah. th tell me that's not super cool that that's happening because of the social media world, right? No one would have paid for that before if you couldn't share it with your homies, right? And I think that's kind of the, the really cool thing, the shareability of all this and how it's it's connecting people in, in a positive way. It's not all positive. I mean, social media definitely does have its pros and cons for sure. But I think on, on the macro scale, not every athlete is going to be like someone who a lot of these guys are, are very, very private. And that's mm. always going to be there, right? But for the younger people and for some of the people who do see the opportunity there, I think it's, I think it's all positive. Totally. And I think the Olympics were a really cool example of that. There's uh, one athlete in particular I started following, Sam Fricker from australia is a diver okay and he just documented like all different parts of like the olympic village and and all these things and he built like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers nice got a bit of a quirky personality a cool australian accent yeah, too yeah. funky hair yeah uh kind of looks like a surfer dude yeah great guy though and uh his content was just a plus and he would like make jokes about like their cardboard beds breaking and stuff <laughs> oh and, i think he showed me some yeah, of these videos yeah, yeah. And, uh, and to me, I was like, this is incredible because I can't remember the exact figure. Let's say it's like 800,000 followers. Okay. Like how, how often would you ever hear of somebody like with that sort of following that just dove off platforms before, yeah. right? Yeah. Like that's a, that's a more substantial following than almost anyone in the NHL. Yeah. Most players in the MLB, Yeah. you know, I would say at probably at least half the NBA, Yeah. bare minimum half, Yeah. you know, and the majority of the NFL as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, man. and that's and that's a guy that like, you know, diving doesn't have the same funding that these major sports leagues do. And now you're seeing people in kind of these, let's just call them like the the secondary non-traditional sports um, outside of kind of the big four or five in North America that are able to make millions of dollars because of it, you know, because they're, they're able just to show who they are. 
And kind of like what I was saying before, like the fact that he's an Olympian already gains him remarkable amounts of respect um, just on the brand of being an Olympian, right? So now when you add the additional layer of showing your personality on top of that, one, not enough people are doing it, so you're not competing against a whole lot. So you're going to gain a lot of attention, a lot of publicity real quick. And two, like if you're open to it, a lot of these athletes like are able to completely change their lives and monetize that platform very, very quickly um, because they're just easy to market. They're easy for brands to hop onto. And um, my goal is really to kind of understand like how how can we put attention on on people, particularly athletes, so that, you know, brands and, and other people and, and really respect who they are yep. and, and want to be a part of that. And Absolutely. to me, that's a lot of fun. It absolutely is, man. I think also something to be said there is that, you know, for the different levels of athletes, there are also different levels of brands. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's really two sides to this equation where, you know, on the brand side, you could be a local restaurant and this kind of removes that barrier for Mm -hmm. you to work with a local athlete. Like it's not out of the realm of possibility like you gotta you got examples here in ottawa alone what is it that cookie place squish cookies with sharon shout out to squish cookies squish cookies we're we're not affiliated with them in any way but it's a really cool case study where you see uh, a local uh cookie baked goods company Mm -hmm. let's call it working with a local cfl athlete who's very marketable and obviously very um great on social media Shout out to Sherrod. I've had him on the podcast as well. But he's just he's he's ahead in those things. He sees that hey, it doesn't matter if this is like it's not a Nike deal. Mm-hmm. It's still a good deal. And it's still a great deal. And I like this company and I use this company and I'm gonna promote this company and more people are gonna see it because of me. It's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Not every single deal needs to be a Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, Puma. Yeah. You know, BioSteel, Gatorade, Powerade. Yeah. Like the yeah. kind of classic sports stuff, Red Bull. <laughs> exactly. And Monster. Exactly. Or Rockstar Energy. Like, yeah. you know, like there's the, the kind of those classic brands that are going to hop on to as many athletes as they can because it's great for them. But there's a lot of small local businesses that can kind of partner with local talent. Yeah. And I really, really am excited to see that with these NIL deals. Yeah. And see like someone that's playing like in Madison, Wisconsin for the Badgers. And, you know, like some Wisconsin, like cheese company, like partners with like the QB or like the running back or something. You love to see it. Like to me, that would just be so cool. Yeah. You know, and like. We're um, about to see some monumental deals made in the next decade. Both good and bad. Yeah. Because I feel. There will be bad deals too. There's going to be a lot of people that are kind of like unprepared for that shift. Yeah. You know, not looking out for the right things in contracts. Yeah. Um, You know, like a lot of like kind of shady dealings I think are going to be had just yeah. especially in, in college sports yeah. with like these things haven't happened before. So there's going to be brands that are going to try to sneak stuff in. Yeah. Especially like a, a young unrepresented athlete who's, who's, you know, quite frankly, an uncharted territory mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, if someone waves a bunch of money in their face and they pr- probably didn't come from like a very wealthy background, you're going to take that money, man. You're mm-hmm. not going to read the fine print page 47 of this of these terms right yeah. so yeah the, the, you know it's again like with everything there's going to be positive and there's going to be negatives but i think 
overall it's a net positive thing mm. i think it's good to be able to uh, support yourself and you know there are going to be companies that come in and try to fix that problem like again i will shout out firework shout out to firework mm. you know they're one of their you know selling propositions as an app is is you know kind of eliminating that problem of the contracts and stuff and having a mediator mm-hmm. and not to make this just an ad for firework although <laughs> we we love we love our friends at uh, at firework uh but i i think that you know the athletes are a really interesting thing i don't want to bore people and just keep talking about this because you and i could nerd yeah, out yeah. on this forever but you know, long story short, Jamie and I both share a passion for sports. We we love the the business, the branding side of things as well. We love the strategy and coming up with really captivating content that you know people can watch and consume and enjoy. And that kind of brings me to a, another point that I want to kind of switch gears to. You know, we are running out of time a little bit on the podcast here. I know we're going to have many more, but, you know, something that you brought up in our last episode together that really stuck with me. And, you know, I always always felt this way before we even discussed it on the podcast, but you put it so well, is that, you know, in today's age of social media and, you know, putting out content, there is obviously a lot of pressure to put stuff out right Mm. you hear from people like us who you know for us it's not really hard per se or or it's not it's not like an insane hill to climb to put out a post or you know you did a little story before this uh before this podcast that took you no you didn't like think about it or plan it or Mm. script it or anything you just pulled out your phone and made this content right there's a lot of people out there who are still very intimidated by putting themselves out there and creating content this that and the other thing but something you mentioned in this previous podcast was like no matter what always try to produce more than you consume and I think it's safe to say that we've been doing that pretty mm-hmm. well. Uh, we, you know, you and I obviously still consume content. We're not saying that we're just sitting here only pumping out content yeah, all day, yeah. every day. But it is safe to say that you know we've been able to kind of put out more than we just simply consume. And why don't you talk talk about that a little bit? And have your have your thoughts on that changed at all? Or you know, what would you recommend to someone in, in kind of that? dichotomy yeah i think as a creator and a creative in particular i think that's a that's that's the golden rule i i honestly don't think you should break that because if you do then you'll never be able to like be able to do this full time right um now if you're like more of a hobbyist you know maybe taking photos a little bit of social media management videos and that sort of stuff is like little side thing that you like to do but it's it's not something you want to make your career right or like you want it to be a full-time thing scrap what i'm saying yeah but if you're looking to make things full time if you're looking to really advance your skill set quickly if you're looking to actually like have your work have a meaningful impact on somebody's life yeah you have to create more than you consume boom you know like it's i i think it's non-negotiable yeah um the more you create one the better your skill sets are going to be you're going to be faster you're going to be smoother with what you do um you're going to be more efficient obviously but you're also going to be more creative because now that your technical abilities go up, you realize that your potential of creating unique things yeah. within whether it's Lightroom, Premiere Pro, Photoshop, or whatever software you're using, definitely not Final Cut. <laughs> and uh, whatever whatever outlet you're using, um, you're, because of those abilities going up, your opportunities and potential for creating unique work also drastically drives up as well. Because now that you understand how different 
like lighting systems work different like editing techniques work oh yeah now your potential of taking an idea that's up here and putting it out into a laptop and onto a screen is drastically increased yep you don't get that by consuming more no you don't you don't and so like that's not to say you eliminate consumption because consuming vlogs consuming like tiktoks and instagram content that's yeah. a great source of inspiration absolutely man and just to butt in there for a second mm -hmm. i do think that you know you need to be constantly learning and you need to constantly be you know getting some of the tactical side yep. as well right but it's all for not it's all for nothing if you don't actually put in the reps if you yeah. don't go do some push-ups like yeah i always love that quote it was like you can't read about doing push-ups yeah. right hayden in one of our first podcast episodes hayden cash and our mutual friend he he said that and it, i don't know who he got it from gary v or something it's a gary v quote. it's a gary v quote but i don't know who gary got it from but mm. it's it's incredible because you can't Mm. you can't just read about doing push-ups you gotta go out there feel it oh that hurt my shoulder okay i'm gonna adjust this okay well you know what the lighting on my, my first podcast episode when i put it out i had a little construction light on mm. the ground and classic it was just so horrible but i let that was feedback i learned right away okay this looked horrible i'm gonna go on amazon and buy some lights and yeah. i still have my lighting today from that day that yeah. i just decided okay I couldn't have known that if I just kept watching and reading and doing and learning and this, that, and the other thing. It's like, just do it, man. Yeah, you can't get paralyzed by like thinking about doing something. Exactly. Eventually, you just got to take that leap and start doing. Exactly. Um, But also like kind of on top of all that, like creating more than I consume is also just like a better way to live for me. Yeah. Like you've seen it. I'm obsessed. Yeah. I'm utterly obsessed with like, creating things yeah. you know like particularly like videos and, and content like yeah. it's all i do and the more that i do it the better at it i get and the most important part of all of it i i genuinely believe is that when your skill sets go up because you're creating more than you consume your confidence drastically increases which means that your confidence in business is going to go up because you have more confidence in the service that you can deliver absolutely you have more confidence in the results that you can provide for somebody because you know that your skill set is there you know that you can take that idea whatever idea it is in your head or their head and turn it actually into something tangible and turn it into something that somebody can watch and listen to and feel inspired by that's what motivates me boom like that that to me is like that's that's the world and if i'm if i'm consuming more than i create that I don't have the same confidence that I can actually produce the results that I'm promising. Ooh, and we've seen that with people that we've come across before yeah. who can talk to talk, can say all the right things and can, you know, I don't want to throw any shade, but they can, you know, tell you everything about content creation. But then when it comes down to act like showing, okay, so show me like, what have you done? Oh, well, I haven't started yet. It's like, well, why not? You seem to know everything about it, like, mm. but you can't, you can't do and so i think you know i don't want to get negative here but i do think that it is always better to be a doer uh, than just just a talker or or a reader or mm. a thinker just do mm. do first adjust and, and and you will get more confidence and feel better about what you're doing yep confidence is such a hack because when you have it yeah you're just uh like people see it yeah people people, well, people vibe feel with it. it yeah people want to be a part of that exactly and uh I don't think I'd be there if I like just spent all my day like just consuming social media and not producing for it.
Okay, man, now that we are winding down on our second podcast, I mean, I feel like we could definitely go for another five, six hours. <laughs> I know that, but I think our listeners would like to kind of go about the rest of their day. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, save Ahmed some time too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, one thing that I, I wanted to kind of ask you here um, before I let you go, uh, and when I say let you go, I mean go upstairs because you live here, um, is... Yeah, what's your what's your vision for the for deep social brands and the company that we're building here? Man, I see us working with elite level athletes across different leagues. Yeah, um, I want a UFC player. I think that'd be so cool. Player or fighter? <laughs> UFC fighter. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm all no, I, with that. I see yeah. us. I see us working with some of the the world's top and most elite athletes. Yep. Uh, and being able to find a really nice marriage between keeping their main thing the main thing. Yeah. While also using their unique individual skill sets and personalities yeah. and showcasing that to the world to provide wonderful opportunities with great partners. Boom. I, I could not have put it any better, man. The last uh, thing I'm going to ask you uh, before we end this podcast, I want to kind of switch switch roles here. Why don't you ask me a question before we end off the It's Not That Deep podcast? Ooh, big one here. Yeah. Um, what do you think, and I, I haven't prepared for this, by the way, but this just was coming to me. Uh, what do you think is the biggest difference in me between, uh, the guy that you had your first phone call with to the guy that you live with and is your business partner today? Oof, this is, this is tough. Um, I think I'm not talking about a change, just like a difference in like what you may have thought right then versus now. I think you have more conviction now than you did back then in terms of you're just a lot more laser focused mm. on something. Whereas before you had a lot of things very wide ranging that you knew the direction you wanted to go. But if I were to kind of give an analogy for this, it's like picture a very big flashlight that has like a really huge radius of of how much light it's gonna hit it could have gone any different direction i feel like that flashlight has gotten stronger but a little bit more of a laser now mm. where it's like it's not these million different things it's like okay here are kind of the my main core principles in my life that i live by and like nothing else really matters mm. that's that's i think the biggest difference and look is it right or wrong i don't know it's just my perception just in in the growth and that i've seen from you in this past year it's like you know for like for example something we were talking about at, at kind of last year and even on on the podcast like you seemed very down to just travel somewhere mm -hmm. and then covid mm -hmm. right and like kind of took everyone by surprise right mm. like it was like just i just want to travel somewhere and create content and I think you still do. I know you still do. That's mm. still very much the thing you want to do. But you're just so much more focused in how you want to achieve that and mm. how you want to get there a little bit more. And I, I, that's kind of my answer to that. Sick. Awesome, man. Dope. Dude, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. It, by the way, for everyone listening, I gave him no notice. We just, <laughs> like, we, just, we just did this today without any planning. There was no, like, I look like I have notes here. I don't really have notes. Like, I just have a couple things, like that last question there that I want to ask. And uh, I'm really excited to have you on, man. We're going to do 
a ton of amazing things in this life. I'm happy to call you my brother, my business partner, my mm. friend. Likewise. You know, my roommate and and you know just thank you thank you for being in my life and thank you for being you jamie i'll say the exact same to you deep appreciate you for everyone listening just remember it's not that deep